The Old Master by Brian Marsh. Good morning, Dr. Simon Clerman, here to see Mr. Castelvetro. I have an appointment. Indeed you do. And a very rare appointment it is. Welcome in. And welcome to you. Well, thank you. I do appreciate the opportunity of meeting Mr. Castelvetro. It is quite an honor. A great honor. And you're an extraordinarily fortunate man. He sees almost nobody. Well, he has trouble seeing anything these days. Eyes are going. Tragic for a painter. Yes, tragic. I'm Margaret. Glad to meet you, Mr. Clerman. You? Margaret. My name is Margaret. I am his wife. Yes. Yes. Right. Of course you are, Margaret. Yes. You're surprised? Well, of course you are. Everybody is. Why would someone like me, young, attractive, and brilliant, be married to an old goat like him? That is what you've been thinking, isn't it? You have me at a great disadvantage. And I like it that way. (laughs) That's why I've been so disappointed over the past three years. The number of visitors has dried up. They've all disappeared, but not for want of trying. They all want to meet the great master while he is still in the flesh. Now sit. You will have a cup of tea. Or perhaps brandy, distilled spirits. Tea, please. How can I resist? That's the spirit. (laughs) That was quick. We're quick to action and quick-minded here, and full of surprises. Now then, you're a scholar of the visual arts, a professor who wishes to interview my husband, the great Giovanni Castelvetro, about his paintings, about his theory of painting, and about the great artists who have influenced his work, and to see some of his most personal works, ones that exist in this very house. Hmm? Well... Just say guilty, and let's be done with it. Uh, Guilty. Good. Now we can discuss the really interesting stuff. Giovanni and I. How we met, how we loved, how we married, how we have lived. I don't think I need to... No, you don't. Not at all. You're too bound to the book you're going to write about the postmodern era of painting featuring the works of Italian expatriate painters dwelling on eastern Long Island in the state of New York. Am I right? Italian expatriate painters on Long Island? There's only one of those that I know of. Right. And that painter has a life, a good deal of which I have shared for the past two decades. I met and married that man 20 years ago next Friday. 
the fourth of as many wives, and so far the longest serving. Since you brought it up, tell me about that time. I would like to make a few notes. No notes. You start taking notes, we're done here. You may listen, but write not. Paint your thoughts with the energy you receive from an artist and his wife. The two of us, people who live in a world from which we squeeze out the liquid fire that burns across the canvas upon which it is poured. Nowadays, as the passions have cooled and the light has grown dim, we stoke the embers of paintings that will never be. You want to write all that down, don't you? Well, forget it. You'll get a short glimpse of all that has been, as well as the sight of a few canvases that have yet to be let loose upon the world. But I digress. You have a thought that needs attention. To answer your unasked, but deeply embedded, yet unuttered interrogative, we met 20 years ago. He pursued me with a fervency that has never entirely faded. Me, a kid just recently hatched from Brearley. Brearley? My, 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 you are such an innocent. Brearley is one of the most privileged girls' schools in all of New York City, and hence the world. Prepared for Harvard, I was. But then a painter interceded, and I became transformed. Every bit of me smitten as deeply as anyone could ever be. Such a passionate man, passionate in every way. He painted me often, even before we married. You've seen the paintings, the ones that have titillated thousands. Do they embarrass you now, seeing their model here before you? Yeah, I confess that it is somewhat unsettling, yes. Spoken like a true Calvinist. But I suspect you would rather have done with me for the present. Am I correct? I am afraid I am losing this contest, or whatever it is. This is no contest, dear Mr. Clerman. Just a warm-up act before the main event. You will discover that it will have been useful. Time to meet the master. Oh, and be sure to call him Geo. He loves that. Thank you. I will. You must remember that his sight is going. Your visitor is here, Dr. Clerman. Ah, I've told you that I am done with Dottore. Can't trust those blood-sucking morons sending my way. Dr. Clerman is a professor of art history. He's not here to take your temperature or draw your blood. What's that? Art history professore? Is that what you said? Yes, dear. Dr. Simon Clerman, a professor of art history at Columbia. Send the bastard away. You made an appointment to see him. And why the hell would I do something like that? I don't know, dear. Only you, in the brilliance of your own exceptional mind, know why you have invited Dr. Clerman to meet with you. Sometimes that works. Professor Clerman has driven all this way from Manhattan. He's taken a dangerous journey. You know what the Long Island Expressway is like. He's undertaken this difficult passage just to see you. Very well, send in that son of a bitch. But no more dottore, eh? Yes, dear. In you go. But beware. 
The lions do bite. Mr. Castelvetro? Mr. Castelvetro? Giovanni Castelvetro. What the hell did you call me? Giovanni, oh, I am sorry, Gio. Gio? Who the hell is Gio? Well, I was told that you like to be called Gio. Who the hell told you that? No, let me guess. Margareta told you to call me Gio. Ah, Margareta, Margareta, you told this art history professore that I like being called Gio. You know I detest that name. You set this bozo up for my ridicule and wrath. Why do you do that to such a, a poor degenerate human being? Mm. Because you can't see well enough to strike him dead. <laughs> you know, she's got a very good point eh, there. Move into the light where I can see you. I think I will stay right here. <laughs> ah, relax. I'm not usually violent. Not physically, anyway. The last time I killed a man was in uh, 1945, yeah. He was a mean-spirited Nazi soldier who was stealing a cow from our farm outside Perugia. He also slashed one of my paintings. The man had no taste, so I smashed his head in. Do you have uh, any taste? I am an art historian. That's not what I asked you. Do you have any taste? At the peril of my life, I would have to say, yes, I believe I do. Prove it. I'm not sure what I should do. How do you determine uh, whether anyone has taste? Well, I might venture a guess. Go on, then, uh, Ventura. A person might evaluate a work of art seeking to understand its meaning, the artist's intention to find its truth, especially how it speaks to the human condition. Oh, you talk like a professor, eh? Well, that's what I am. That is so terribly sad. If I had become a professor, I'd have smashed my own head in. I would say that is a very good thing you didn't for the sake of the world. You're becoming sadder and sadder, and you are starting to piss me off. Mr. Castelvetro, please. Hey, relax. I use this for painting. It's easier than brushes now that my sight is becoming uh, uncooperative. It's also good for cleaning my nails. But uh, go on. You were talking some drivel about the human condition. Tell me more. Tell me about uh, taste. Well, I would say that a person demonstrates taste when one understands and appreciates the beautiful. Ah! You threw that knife at me! You could have killed me! Shut up! If I wanted to hit you, I would have done so. I am a maestro draftsman, and I know all about perspective. That knife landed exactly where I willed it to land. Ah! You see that painting? The one that hangs right above the knife. You see that? The nude. I, I do, yes. Does the modello remind you of anyone? Oh, I believe that is Margaret, your wife. Correct. Uh, what do you think? 
beautiful. She's she's a beautiful woman. No, 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 you ignorant son of a bitch. No. It is time you and I had a grand reckoning right here and right now. The world has too many art historians speaking nonsense. Hand me my, my knife. I think it is time for me to leave. Uh, relax, I'm only going to sever a little finger. Help, help, please, please help. Vani. Yes, mother. We will have no more bloodletting in this house. Understand? And you need not worry. The beast was defanged long ago. If he bites, and he will, those bites will be figurative, and they will leave no visible scars. Go on, Mr. Clermont. Get plenty of material for your book. That was my fourth wife, Margareta. She stayed around longer than all the others. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why. She may love you. Or you, shithead. Royal, uh, you're a royal uh, shithead. What the hell do you know about the relationship between Margareta and I? Love me? Of course she loves me. She wouldn't have stuck around all these years if she didn't love me. I am a miserable bastardo. You figured that out yet? Well, did you? You have been called passionate. I can see that. And <laughs> me that painting, the nude. Now, look at it. What do you see? Look at it carefully. Eh? It is magnificent. Absolutely beautiful. You really are a shithead. Do you know that? Look at this painting. What do you see? Well, it is a nude. Get out. Out of my house. Now, Margareta, get rid of this imbecile. Please, let me continue. I am seeing this painting for the first time. I heard a commotion. What is going on, boys? I want this man removed from my presence. Has this poor man done something untoward? He's a degenerate, a fool, a lame brain imbecile, a fraud, a mountbank. I will have no more intercourse with such a man. I have told you time and again, no more dottore. Professor Clerman, I would advise you to stop this intercourse immediately. I would willingly agree. Except that I have discovered something in this painting. Something very mysterious and provocative. May I? Yes, it is. At first glance, a nude in the classic tradition. All the elements are here, but the figure displays so much more than what we might expect in the traditional nude. Partly it is the stance, but even more in the expression the nude conveys. There's more than one expression. There appear to be several. Together, they describe a journey, 
a journey we can see only if we have learned something of joy and wisdom and, can it be, grief. I will leave you with the painting. Go on. The young woman knows she is beautiful. She displays her body proudly, but with a tiny hint of embarrassment. She looks upward, inviting the viewer to look on her nakedness without having to contend with her eyes, which are focused on something above. But she looks away from the viewer for another reason. It seems there is a desire on her part to prevent tears from falling from her eyes and over her face, to delay the approach of sadness, to hold off the inevitable, to postpone all the tragedy that is about to burst forth. The sadness this figure displays may well come from the fact that she is in love, deeply in love for the first time. But something has happened. Some cloud has obscured this day. A day that began with such bright promise. We see it clearly through the window where the sun shines in part only. Then there are the objects that have fallen around her. Images of a lost youth. Things of a past only recently gone. Toys. Pictures of a school event. A graduation cap. Summer clothing. All discarded. All left behind. But the most arresting of all is this, the gesture she makes with her right arm. She reaches out to someone beyond the frame of the picture, offering herself willingly, giving herself over to a future that will be filled with what is now but dimly known. That hand and arm, and all that it represents, is what we are left with after we have made our journey around the canvas and after we have explored what it means in our own lives. I had been wondering uh, why I invite you here. Uh. Thank you. And thank you for this. It is the work of a master. There are so few of these. Please put the painting back where you uh, found it. Thank you. I uh, suspect you would like to include a photography, a, a photo of this uh, painting in your book. I would be honored, beyond. Of course I would. But that will not be possible. I don't understand. When I am gone, and I expect it will be soon, I have given strict instructions that painting is to be burnt. Ah. Burnt? But why? It's a masterpiece. It should be seen. It will have a great place in the history of art. No, 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 no. There are things in life, uh, creation of the heart, that are simply too uh, personal, uh, too private, too afraid to the galleries of, you know, what they are like, the politics of uh, exhibition, brutal, nasty, and everlasting. I shall not subject this painting to that maelstrom of avarice, ego, and lust. No. I shall send this off into eternity, where it shall dwell forever. Ah, Santo Cristo. But uh, you have seen uh, it, and uh, you can report on it. Uh, give it a footnote in your book. Eh? Margareta will verify that it did indeed exist. 
and the world will desperately attempt to hunt it down. Ah! Ah! And that is something I would love to see. Uh, well, Dottore um, uh, Simon Clerman, I trust it has been a productive day for you. Now get busy writing. Huh? I must take pills and fight off the medical profession, which believes it has all the human wisdom necessary to survive in this world. Ah. I don't know how to thank you. Then don't try. People make a big deal out of saying thank you. The real thanks we offer requires no such uh, uh, simple gestures. Now, our time is at an end. This has been really a wonderful thank you. Don't, don't, don't get modeling with me, you shithead. Just get out. On your way. Yes, I'm afraid thank you is the best I can offer. It often is. Your tea is cold. I actually prefer cold tea. I was wondering, did something happen? The expression, your expression on the painting, it was happy, but overlaid with sadness. What was it? Just before our session that day, we received news. Terrible news. There'd been an accident. His children. Vani insisted that we work. He wept through the entire session, but he told me not to cry. And he told me he loved me. You should go. Does... Does that painting have a name? The painting is called Grief. Listening to The Old Master by Brian Marsh, produced by Brianda Cross and featuring Heike Brunner as Margaret, Marc Dure as Castellovito, and Brian Marsh as Simon Kruman. The music underscore was Puccini's Pariachi on Internet Archives, including a brief opening by Mario Lanza. If you enjoyed this production, why not go to fastfictionpodcast.com and scroll down for similar but different audio drama intended to intrigue, interest, and entertain you. Thank you.